Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Chargers with Charger great Lorenzo Neal, Matt Money-Smith here doing the play-by-play on the radio broadcast for the Chargers, and we are no longer projecting. We at least have uh, one game of a sample size, Lorenzo. It certainly is not the one number that you want. Instead of one and zero, it's zero and one, but man, there is a lot to take away from that contest against the Dolphins. They score 34 points. Uh, they amass over 200 rushing yards, uh, but they give up 36 and over 500 defensively. Maybe a one one positive, one negative that that you kind of walk out of that first week with there. Yeah, I think that what you saw from the offense standpoint, this is going to be electrifying offense. This offense can score with the best of them. And when you think about what this Chargers team has, the weapons on offense, and seeing the consistency in the running game, watching the new OC come in and you saw everyone say, are they going to pass? Is Kevin Moore going to be a happy pass guy? Is Kellen going to just pass back? You saw him run the ball. And when crucial times to end of that game, they needed to score. They still ran the ball. They stayed balanced. I thought offense played well just at the end of the game, just didn't have enough to get it done. So that's the only part that I the disappointing part was the offense at the end of the game still had a chance and just could block. Yeah, I'll tell you, offensively, going back and and watching through the game, what really – there's a couple of things that stood out to me. One is you've got a couple new players – not new players, but new positions on the offensive line and watching Zion Johnson and particularly Jamari Sawyer, who played the majority of the season at left tackle last year, moved to right guard. Man, they were cleaning guys out. They were opening up lanes uh, for Austin Eckler and, and for Joshua Kelly. That was great to see. But two, the thing that really stuck out to me, uh, Lowe, was – Gerald Everett's a great receiving tight end. He beats man-to-man coverage whenever you need him to. He is a valuable asset to Justin Herbert on third down. But between him and Donald Parham and Trey McKitty, I mean, Kellen Moore, you could tell, set the tone in training camp, set the tone going into this game. Tight ends in my offense are expected to block and they're expected to win. And I saw Gerald Everett block his tail off. He cl- he absolutely cleaned out Jalen Phillips. He blocked him to yeah. the ground on that 55-yard run from Austin. I thought that was incredibly impressive from a group of tight ends that came into the season with a lot of question marks surrounding their blocking ability. Oh, no question, Matt. When you think about the tight end position, like you said, a lot of those guys, they're glorified receivers, just big receivers. But Kellen Moore, the expectation has changed for the offense. And like you talked about, and you alluded to the, how they came off the ball, watching Zion just push guys, create a new line of scrimmage. The offensive line showed identity. They were physical. They played with that or that you wanted to see. And that's what people have been talking about. Can this team run the ball with consistency? You got to see Kellen Moore with his new offense and the offensive coordinator show that this team has what it takes to be physical, to set an attitude, to be consistent, running the ball on offense. So without a doubt, I'm in the same crew, same crew, same bench as you, Matt. Yeah, I think, you know, like I said, positive and negative. You, you lost the game. You gave up, you know, 36. So there are some some negatives to get to. 
particularly, you know, look, the, the pass rush, going back and looking through it, it just wasn't going to get home. The, the ball was out. The, the There were a couple where maybe Khalil got sucked inside on one play that ended up going for a big gainer. But outside of that, just the ball was gone. And I think that brings the question marks surrounding, you know, should there have been some sort of adjustment to get your hands on these guys at the line of scrimmage? If you're going to press – you can't be standing there with your hands at your sides. Like if you're going to get up there against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Wild, you better get a hand on them because man, those guys were getting free releases all over the place. That ball was out and there were a lot of air yards in that contest. There was. And and that's the biggest part that you got to take away that you just alluded to, Matt. It's just the inconsistency on defense. When you're playing against a team that want to get the ball out of their hand and the quarterback's going to just one, two, three, get the ball up. It's one, two, three defenses. The hands are up. When you're, playing against a guy like Tua you want to make him create a new launch point and that's when you're saying we got to get a push up front and in one two three make him throw over the weeds especially when you're dealing with a quarterback that's in statue less than six one under six foot when you're dealing with that you got to create a new line of scrimmage and then get your hands up to try to bat down some balls didn't see that consistently enough like you said the receivers were beating guys off the line of scrimmage so Tua was able to get rid of it and then it was just catching catch and throw just throw the ball to him and let him catch it Throw and catch. And that's what you can't do. And we saw that too consistently. Matt, there's there's something I told you last week. And I think you remember I said, I said, of all things being equal, players make plays, but coaches make decisions that help determine the outcome of the game. And that's what I was alluding to because I know if you have Jerry Rice, I use it because everyone knows who the GOAT is, Jerry Rice. If you're playing man-to-man with Jerry Rice, Jerry Rice is going to make plays because he's so good. The coach's job is to say, I'm going to play over the top safety. I'm going to jam him. I'm going to slide a linebacker underneath to that zone. For, I'm going to cut off. I'm going to stop all the quick stuff. Because if I drop a linebacker to that space underneath, now he can't just do hook routes. Now if I got the safety plan over the top, now they just can't really, – if they beat my corner off the line, he's just not going to be able to run by because Tyreek Hill is one of the most explosive and fastest receivers in the league. I just really wish they could have corralled him or come after him and come after the quarterback, you saw the difference in that game. And that's why we were interviewing, you know, we talked to Sean Will, asking these questions. I guarantee you have a quarterback, and he wants to get the hand, get the ball out. When this seven-step drop, though, at the end of the game, when the game's on the line, seven-step drop, you have to come after him because you know now he's got to take more shots down the hill, downfield. Down the Chargers at the end of the game, man, you saw Miami lit him up. They blitzed. They came after him because they knew Justin right. Herbert had to go back to the seven steps and hold onto the ball. And there's one guy you can't block. So what Miami did at the end of the game, you're like, why did Miami turn it up? Why? Where was that defense? They knew now Herbert couldn't get rid of the ball quick. He had to hold on to it and take shots down the field. And that's why they were ineffective at the end of the game. Yeah, it's a great call, Lorenzo. You had that, and then they also did it, remember, on that third and goal uh, when they had to settle for the field goal that made it a four-point game instead of a seven on the penultimate drive that they had on offense. Well, that's looking back. Uh, that is old. That is now already on the ledger at 0-1. and one. Talk to Sean Merriman in, in just a moment, and then we're going to preview the game against Tennessee right after we have that great conversation with Lights Out. All right, Lorenzo, let's bring him in. Someone you know awfully well, one of the all-time great Chargers, uh, an all-pro, a pro bowler, an NFL sacks leader, of course. Uh, knocks it out with the lights out extreme fighting. We'll get to that in a little bit. It is on Believe in Chargers, Sean Merriman joining us right now. Sean, how we doing? Matt, what's up, my man? How you doing? Doing great. Um, don't know. Kind of maybe 
talk us through how you would feel after week one. Uh, a lot of people <laughs> make it seem like it's the entire season, especially when it's a loss. But just kind of your thoughts walking away from a game like that, especially if you're a defender. Yeah, I mean, look, we obviously know they got to play better on defense. I mean, everybody got eyes to watch the game. We understand that. But if they won 34 to nothing, I'm not sitting around screaming Super Bowl either, right? It's just it's just one of these things that people are in such an uproar about one game and who to bring in and all the mistakes and the season's over. It, it got to work both ways because they came out looking, you know, like the best team in the NFL and they won 34 to nothing. Uh, we, we can't sit around and be screaming that they're going to go undefeated, right? So you have to have like this uh, this very, very happy medium, understand it's the first game of the year. They got some stuff to clean up. Uh, but there's a lot of positives in that game. If you look at, you know, first of all, the ability to score 34 points, and you know you got that on a consistent basis. You you have that in your arsenal going forward. So as a defense, you know, Derwin and those guys, Khalil, Joey, they all need to get together and say, look, man, we got to fix this issue. This is on us. We got to play better. Um, I remember, and I think it was in 07, we started out one and three, and the whole country was on us, and they're terrible. They're this, and we go play in the AFC Championship game. So I think that everybody just need to relax a little bit, understand that it's the first game of the year. They got some things they need to clean up. But I would feel awfully confident when I got an offense is able to score 30-plus points a game. Sean, when you think about <clears> – we always say offense entertains, but defense wins championships. And you think about the nuances of this game. You think about, like you said, the offense was scoring. It was clicking. They had an opportunity, needed to score in five minutes. They did it. Then it was up to the defense. How do you, when you think about that incident, and then when Miami take the ball and they score, and then the Chargers have it with like a minute or so left, how is Miami, what's the biggest difference with both these defense struggled all day? Let's be real. But what was the biggest difference when you saw Miami at the end of the game when they had it on the line, when they knew that they were winning, and the Chargers on the line, they knew that they're winning, couldn't get it. And what was the biggest difference in your in your mindset watching that game? The biggest outcome? I think uh, low. I, to be honest, um, you know, we talk about two or three two or three plays is going to win or lose a game for you, right? Especially when you're talking about two teams like this. Um, you know, I go. I want to take it a step back further during halftime, right? When they're going into halftime to go down, kick the field goal, they stop that, they win the game, right? And those the kind of situations that you have to expect to be able to win the shootout you go look you, you got you got a great offense you got two capable wide receivers that are that are spectacular and explosive they're going to score some points sometimes you got to go into a game and say guys we know this team is going to score we're not keeping them off the board completely but we have to win the shootout so when you talk about the game and then eventually a couple plays you know they go down and that 12 seconds left on halftime they march in the ball down they kick the field goal they eliminate eliminate that the Chargers win by one, right? Nobody's complaining, no one's saying anything. We're not even talking about it at the end of the game when they couldn't convert. So just rewind it back. It's just, they, the defense and that team, they're going to look at this at the film and they say, man, we take these two plays out where we win, right? It's not a, a smoke show. We're watching the, the Cowboys just kind of just blow up the Giants. We're not watching that situation where you ain't even got an answer for that one. This, this, is, this is a clear-cut answer for them to get back on track. We got to tighten up on defense, guys. We got to be in the right position, make the plays we're supposed to, not get up, get laid off the ball, be in bad positions. Linebackers looking behind you to see, hey, is which is this wide receiver curling behind me? So it's just very, very small details that they need to do. But if anybody's harping on this team to be negative, they're crazy. You know, you, you got one of the most explosive offenses in football, and if you go and eliminate a couple plays out of that game, they win against a very good Miami Dolphins team.
Before we shift to, to Tennessee in this week, Sean, would love to, if you're a defensive lineman and you saw how quick Tua is getting rid of that ball, um, I would imagine there's conversations happening on the sideline as you're trying to connect the back end of that defense to what you're trying to do up front. Did you see anything that that jumped out at you that said, hey, they, they've got to, because it seemed like they weren't getting their hands on receivers like they did last year. Uh, it just seemed like there were a lot of free releases out there. What would you want to see happen? And what would the conversations from you with your coaches be like on that sideline? Yeah, well, you know, I was fortunate enough um, to play with two really good cornerbacks, two damn good cornerbacks, Quentin Jammer and Cromartie, right? So the, the defense, that front seven has to work in, in tandem with the second the secondary. You know they're throwing the ball. Uh, so you got to be in communication with these guys. And they're getting rid of the ball. You got to don't be afraid to sit on some routes, jump on some routes, be a little bit more aggressive. They're throwing the ball within within three seconds. And I think that, you know, Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack not getting back there and really pressuring them and hurrying them, there, there's a repetitive uh, situation going where we know they're going to throw the ball. We know they're getting it out of their hands. Hey, guys, behind me, they're getting rid of the ball, sit on some of them routes, jump some of those routes. Be a little bit more aggressive because they're getting rid of the football. Nothing you can do. I don't care how great of a pass rusher you are. You're not getting back there when they're throwing the ball less than 2.7 seconds. You're not going to – no one in this – and who's ever played the game, even the best who's ever done it, is not going to get back there in less than 2.7 seconds. So you got to have that conversation. they got to be communication in their defense saying, guys, if they're going to do this, we need to be more aggressive this way. Well, Sean, that, that's a great – and that's kind of leading to the transition. We talk about the Titans. There's a guy on the Titans, if I just told you a name on the Titans, who they got to stop. Watch, I'm just going to play it with me, allow me to play this game. Who on offense, who does the Chargers have to stop on offense for the Titans? What's the running back's name? Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. So when you think about that, and you think about the game the Chargers just played, who's the guy offensively, the offensive weapon, when you think about the Miami Dolphins, there's a guy, number 10, pretty fast and pretty elusive. And you know who I'm talking about, Tyreek. That's the guy that you say, we have the game plan. Do you see the similarities of this week? What are they going to do to stop him? And what didn't they do, in your opinion? Because I thought Tyreek, if you think about what did it come down to, bottom line, to me, in that game, it was Tyreek. Yeah, no doubt about that. And, you know, as a pass rusher, if I'm if I'm finding out what's going on in the secondary and they're running a lot of over routes and stuff that they did, when they throw the over routes, you know you got time to get back there. So that was one of the few times that they had to go get a great pass rush. They didn't. Um, and so when you're talking about Tyreek Hill, the, the, the way to always stop a, a really good and, and explosive wide receiver from making those big plays is to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands. You bring blitzes, you, you cause problems and havoc up front. Because you know it's two things going to happen. He's going to catch the ball anyway if you give him time, right? I mean, so now you got. Now I'm looking at it as a defense. He's already he's already torching us. He's already doing well. We're going to make you throw that ball a lot faster than you want, and then have Waddle, have one of these other guys make them beat you. But we know one person that won't. And so I'm 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 doubling them up. I'm playing them inside, and I'm blitzing. They're going to have to throw that ball to somebody else and make us pay that way. Last thing uh, for me here, Sean, just it, it, talk about uh, a difference in, in offenses. I mean, 180 degrees. You got, you know, Tyreek Hill in Miami, the ball is out, and now you've got to go into Tennessee, and you've got Derrick Henry, uh, arguably one of the hardest people to tackle, a big front. They just kind of revamped it a little bit on the offensive line. You know what they're going to do. Just how much stress, if any, does that put on a defense having to change up what you're being asked to do and what you're going up against, you know, in back-to-back -back weeks? 
you know, as, as great as Derrick Henry is, he puts on his helmet and shoulder pads just like everybody else, right? Um, and so the mindset going into this game is let's let's see if we can stop this guy with our front seven without dropping eight or nine in the box. Let's do that because we know that if we have to do that, it's going to open up the passing game. Let's see what we can do with our front seven. If he starts to gas you, he starts to um, you know have some have some upside, and, and, and they start to have positive flow on that offense. Then you do what you have to do, but you want to go in this game as as a as a defender, saying that we just need our front seven to go out here and play football. My biggest my biggest thing with them is that they're so talented on defense. These guys don't need to go out there and think too much. Yeah, you might have a check for strong the weak side, but then you line up and play football. You can't go out there and have a check for a check because guys out there thinking so much. And so I think that you know with this defense and that talent that they have, both up front and in the secondary. Let those guys play football. Don't have a check for a check. Have them their ears pinned back and go. This week, they got to line up that seven, not have to drop anybody in the box, nothing exotic. Go out there and beat them with your front seven. And then if Derrick Henry start to, you know, kind of, you know, do well, then you drop eight in the box and see what you're doing there. But the mindset is going to this game, yes, he's a great running back, but he can go to the ground like everybody else. Sean, before we let you go, with that being said, same in that same fear, if the Chargers can get the Derrick Henry and slow him down with seven and don't have to compromise the integrity of the secondary, what's your chance? What's what do you give? What chances do you give the Chargers to come out victorious? No, I, I got them winning. Um, you know, Miami Dolphins was a very, very good team on both sides of the ball. I know that defense didn't play so well, but that just shows you how great the offense are of the Chargers. They they're explosive. They're going to give anybody those type of problems. I got them winning. I think it'll be at least a uh, you know a ten plus ten plus win game. Um, I don't think that the Tennessee Titans have enough at quarterback. They don't have a Tua. They don't have somebody that's going to throw for you know five hundred yards, four fifty or whatever Tua threw for. It's not going to happen. Um, and so with you knowing that, you can make certain positions beat you. So if you don't, if you have a quarterback that's not capable as Tua is, and there's no shot at their quarterback, but they just don't. It's not the same caliber. You can make Derrick Henry beat you. And if he can't beat you, then the quarterback can't get the ball down the field. That's when putting up points matters the most. But they need to tighten up that defense. They need to win this week with their front seven. I believe, uh, I believe it's our bye. Uh, maybe it's not our bye week. No, I think it is our bye week. Uh, Thunder Studios, October 7th, Morales versus Tolliver. Lights out, extreme fighting. And it just so happens to be on the Chargers bye week. That works out pretty well, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot, a lot of fights during the bye week, man. And, uh, and you know, I looked at the schedule before it came out. It came out because we schedule these things months in advance. Um, so we'll have you know some of the guys, some of the players that come to the fight in Long Beach. Big fight, as you said, uh, Musa Tolliver um, uh, against uh, Alba Morales. I've trained with both of these guys. Normally, I don't get involved with the matchmaking. I let the matchmakers do their thing. But I know that there's bad blood with these two, so I kind of put put that one together myself. Um, <laughs> And, you know, I know which managers don't like what managers, which camps and gyms don't like each other. And there's bad blood in this one. Uh, you can go to lightsoutxf.com for more information. They get your tickets there also. And it will be on Fubo, uh, Fubo Sports, Sports, Fubo TV. We just crossed over um, the top five most watched on Fubo. Uh, really cool for us. And you know, right behind international soccer, which is insane. Um, and then we're having fighters, man, these up-and-coming guys all over the country trying to hit us up to get on cards. And that, that says a lot, man. It's a, a lot of really good promotions out here. We just uh, glad to be one of the best ones. Sean, how much is that is awesome. Sean, how much is this, you know, being lights out production and doing what you're doing? How much is a crossover from football? What's the biggest difference when you're talking business to football? What's been the biggest transition for you? 
Um, you know, find a guys who can wrestle in college like you, <laughs> like you. <laughs> you know, trying to trying to find some of these former former guys. And Lo, you you know more than anything. Like you know, you had a long, um, you know, a, extremely a, a great career. Some of these guys don't, right? Everybody don't get a chance to have that. You got guys that are playing. You know, uh, a couple of years don't have the opportunity and really ready to go and compete. You know, we're looking for a lot of those guys. But, you know, we had the, the honor and privilege of playing on the biggest stage in the NFL that, that this country has to offer. We've seen production. We've seen this. We've been on we've been in TV for for, for almost two decades. So being around this was a, a really easy transition for me because I've already been around the sport of MMA for 17 years. Um, and I already you know, understood TV production, how to do these things. So the collide, the, 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 you know, the collision between the two worlds was a pretty easy transition for me. And looking for those next greatest stars, man, that's what we that's what we want. Well, we're looking forward to it. Uh, just awesome analysis. We love having you on, Sean. We really appreciate it. It's lightsoutxf.com to get all that details. October 7th will be the fight. Thanks so much, Sean. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Well, understandably, you have the most exciting game of the week, and there's going to be a lot to talk about. Uh, and perhaps that's just a preview, we hope, of what we might see in the playoffs, because I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch between these two teams. It was incredibly fun when Miami and the Chargers got together. But, Lorenzo, we got to look forward. And week two, completely different. We just discussed it a little bit with Sean, but a completely different-looking opponent, one of the heaviest rush attacks you'll find in the league. Derrick Henry, King Henry, is what they build their offense around, not to mention that stout defensive front that really gave the Saints fits and nearly got out of New Orleans with a victory. Um, man, I'll tell you right now, I can't wait to look forward. As a player, when you lose, the week goes slow. It's the first game of the season. You lose a game like that, you're just in coach it. Look, guys, we got to forget about it. We got to watch the film and we got to move forward. And you can't wait. I know you and I, man, we can't wait. It's You don't want to sit and talk negatives. You're like, God. This week can't go fast enough. I want to get that taste out of my mouth. And the players are thinking that way as well. So you're getting ready to play a Tennessee team that's in the same predicament. You're playing a team that's in the same predicament that you were. Start the season 0-1, you are in the same position. So you have to go in there and say, we're going to be physical. Right now, teams think that the Chargers can't necessarily play deep. So what are they going to have to do? They're going to have to put their big boy pads on. And the mindset is going to be different this week, Matt, because you're playing against a team that you're talking about four yards in a cloud of dust. And then Henry has the speed to take a home run. So they are going to be physical. This is going to be a physical Tennessee team that that's going to play against the Chargers. So we're going to see, is the Chargers going to pack those big boy pads and travel well to Tennessee and show what it's about? Look, it's a big game for Brandon Staley. I, I don't I didn't think there's any other way to, to put it. You're, you're talking about a, a pass defense that got shredded last week, and now you got a run defense that's got to show up. And everybody's healthy. Austin Johnson will be out there. Uh, Nick Williams, who had a big game last week, will be out there. Sebastian Joseph Day, you got both Bosa and Khalil Mack, two of the best edge rushers slash defenders, two of the best run defenders at the edge position that you'll find in the NFL, you know, you brought Eric Kendricks in for a reason because you felt like maybe some of those gap assignments weren't weren't adhered to by Drew Tranquil. So you expect him to have a big game. So it's a big game. It, it's a big game for the defense. It's a big game for Brandon Staley to to kind of announce, OK, yeah, we, we kind of got Tyree killed a little bit, but we're settling in. This is a defense that can perform and, and keep you in the game. Remember last year it was 17 to 14. Defense got after Justin Herbert. That's a heck of a front. Jeffrey Simmons is one of the biggest headaches in the NFL to contend with on the interior. As we mentioned a little bit earlier, though, love the interior of this Chargers offensive line. I am anxious to see 
how they handle one of the best interior defensive linemen in Simmons, you know, be it Sawyer, Zion, Corey Lindsley, they're going to have to keep him at bay. So, you know, those play actions, those downfield shots that we didn't really see a whole lot of because of the way Vic Fangio was playing defense last week with those two high safeties, that's going to be completely different. It's going to be more of a Justin Herbert game. And you look at this contest against Tennessee last year, uh, I want to say, I think he was sacked three times through two interceptions. So this is going to be a, Let's see that offensive line pass block now. They did the great job run blocking. And let's have a nice Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams show out there. Yeah, no question. And I think this is the game, Matt, that you can take a book, take a page out of what Miami did to you last week. Get the ball out of Justin Herbert's hands quick. Get the quick game because you know, just like you've been alluding to, Tennessee's, they can get after it too. And they want to put pressure on the quarterback. They'll hit you and do those things. So you wear those guys out. You go ahead and say, look, we're going to beat them with a quick game. We're going to get guys got to win off the line of scrimmage, get Justin Herbert, get the ball out of their hand, go with Temple, run the ball, do the things that you can do and push it. And then later on, you can get the play actions, take some shots down the field because Tennessee is going to give you some shots. You are going to have some, you are going to be able to make some plays down the field. Look for Eckler to be big in the passing game this week. You look at some of the mismatch. You saw the way the Saints were able to mismatch against linebackers and safety. So I think that you have it in a big advantage in the passing game, especially with the running back position. And it's just going to be interesting defensively when you're talking about Clay and those guys and what they're doing up front. It's about guys not trying to make be the hero. It's about gap responsibility. It's about the nose guard holding the center and then, and then holding the guard and holding those two guard and center so now the linebackers can play downhill because you're playing against the guy, Derrick Henry. If you let those the guard in the center scoop up to the linebacker, that's a scoop block where you have the guard in the center, they block down on the nose, and they come up to the linebacker. When you do that and you let Derrick Henry get a head of steam, you're in trouble. So this is going to be a game where you want to see the Chargers play defensively sound and play their technique. Yeah, no doubt. And like I said, it's you just said it there. I mean, without mentioning the name, it's an Eric Kendricks game. It's a Kenneth Murray game. Uh, but I am hopeful that Deion Henley and that hammy is going to be helpful. I think it's a game where he can have a big impact. We know that he is violent at the point of attack. He's also incredibly fast, sideline to sideline. Right. They're going to need that. Right. So it's going to be a challenge, a completely different challenge. It's probably going to look a little bit different. That's a really good Saints offense, and they were held to 16 points. You know, Derek Carr was sacked four times. It's a decent offensive line. They were in the backfield regularly. So I'm guessing it's probably going to look a little bit different. But And you said it too. Don't get – don't get too in love with the idea of Herbert's got to throw this all over the field. Stick to that run game. Man, that thing was working. Yes. That's a good yes. defensive front in Miami, and they bullied him. They bullied Bradley Chubb. They bullied Jalen Phillips, Christian Wilk. They bullied everybody on that defensive line, and I think you still want to see them get after that. Oh, no question. I'm with you there, and we're going to see that, man. I think that you're Kellen Moore. You're not saying I'm not changing. The recipe is there. We know that our recipe is set for success. We just came up a little short. This is how the opportunity you have. You have to pack your big boy pads, and you say, we're going to pick up where we left off, and you know what? We're going to hope for it, and we are going to get a diff different outcome. So, Matt, this is a week this week that it's just like, look, focus. We're turning the page like you and I are and saying it's Tennessee week. We know that we have more offensive firepower. We know that we can we can score. We got better defense. We can beat this team if we play our game and stay consistent. That's the biggest thing. It's not what Tennessee does. This is about the Chargers. This week is Charger week. It's saying we don't got to worry about saying what is Tennessee doing. It's about us. That's what this Charger team has to start focusing about themselves and quit worrying about who they're playing and say we have to play Charger ball because it's good enough.
Well, uh, you say turn the page low. I say uh, let's close the book. That is going to do it on another installment of Believe in Charge. A little back, great conversation with Sean Marin, and, of course, a preview to the next week. That's our formula moving forward. Hope you enjoyed it. Can't wait to do it again. Appreciate Sean Merriman. Again, that's lightsoutxf.com for all that great stuff. For Lorenzo, Matt here. Look forward to doing it again next week. Thanks for checking in. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.